Welcome into No Pun Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. We're back after four weeks uh, of the lovely Faith and stepmom Lauren taking over our show for Women of Fantasy Football. For those that didn't join, we raised $1,500 for the Women's Sports Foundation. Got a call from them yesterday. Uh, to everyone that donated, they want to give a big thank you to all of you and everyone that came on. Thank you. Um, we're looking forward to partnering with them in the future. We're back to normal here, though. Are back to uh, it's the football season. I'm just tripping over my finally words, right. <laughs> That's a, a little over 24 hours from this live recording here, Chiefs te- Texans tomorrow night. Joining me as always, we have Josh Hudson and Ryan Weiss, and our special guest of the week to kick off the 2020 NFL season, none other than Nate Hamilton. Dominate. How are you, buddy? What's going on, guys? I just realized I'm the only one who didn't put my actual name before my Twitter handle up on the screen. So it's okay. Uh, it's right into your Twitter handle, you're good, man. If now, people now no one knows who I am right now. Like you know, it's they're doing fantasy football wrong. So. What? Thanks what for joining, man. So they said this season wasn't going to happen, and they were wrong. They said. So yeah. let's let's celebrate they that. They said. Indeed. So here's here's something because I've been saying that the NFL was not going to lose money. There's no way that they're not going to play this season. <laughs> Something that really cemented that for me today was my girlfriend's brother is in town and we toured AT&T Stadium today. You know, half of it was for me in preparation for football to get me excited. But the the lady who was our tour guide said back in 2011 when Dallas hosted the Super Bowl, the Walmart across the street, they needed their parking lot. So the NFL told Walmart, give us your records, show us your best day you've had in store history we will triple that amount for you to close. Wow. If you are if you think the NFL is canceling a game this year, you're wrong. <laughs> That's you're a cool story. I love that. You are 100% that. wrong. Yeah, I was like, the NFL, I was like, oh, so they probably like matched it or like doubled it. No, they freaking tripled <laughs> the amount Walmart made in a 24-hour span. Wow. Unbelievable. Absolutely wow. unbelievable. Quick notes before we get into this here, and we do have a new show format for this season. Uh, quick notes. So the Raiders have traded rookie running back Lynn Bowden Jr. to the Miami Dolphins, most likely expected to play wide receiver. Uh, earlier in the year, it was Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, I believe, yeah, opted out, out for the Yeah, they definitely season. need the depth. I'm curious yes. to see how much work he gets as kind of just a movable piece in that offense, moving from the slot, the backfield, Matt Breda's production as a pass catcher could be in question. Just throwing that out there. I think another thing, too, is they might have noticed Breda's injury history, so getting maybe a little uh, backup for him is good. I Uh, just want to throw in, Nate and I have been beating the drum on Twitter that Howard would catch more balls than people thought anyway. So this hurts that, too, but Breda was being overdrafted to begin with. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Uh, this is a little late, but Leonard Fournette has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think all these what? notes are late. We only do this guy? about once a week. Wait a second. So, you know. Yeah. This is news to me. Yeah. Oh, gee, you would have never known. Uh, <laughs> Adrian Peterson, I believe officially the, the signing Detroit went through Lions. on Monday mm-hmm. uh, with the Detroit Lions after his release from the Redskins. Josh Gordon has been reinstated, so get him on your teams as soon as possible. Why are people still adding him? I don't get it. Josh, I saw someone draft him. This is annoying. Him. I saw someone oh draft God. him. Yeah, okay. Stop living in the six years ago glory days of his 1,600-yard uh, season. 
And the last one, Dari Agumbawale, after being released from the Bucks, has signed with the Jaguars. Don't get too excited. It's reportedly for special teams. Hey, that could be a league winner late in the season when Chris Thompson only gets through about 10 games. (laughs) It could. If Chris Thompson gets hurt, Chris Thompson is their main pass catcher, and he is 30 years old, So he and he's not a big guy. He's not built like an Adrian Peterson is. He's not built for a lot of games. So if Chris Thompson gets hurt, Agumbawale could come in later because as far as I know, Divine... Ozigbo and James Anderson, I believe, is his James name. James Robinson. Right? James Robinson, thank you. The so the only starter. one with a normal name you got wrong. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you nailed the other ones. Yeah. Did I get Divine Ozigbo correct? Yeah, I, mean, I believe me, so. It sounds, sounds right to me. Oh, fantastic. We're killing it. Right. We got our first heart as I said it. I love that. Um, <laughs> I saw pop up in the top. Let's of keep it. going with the hearts, Thank guys. You. What's wrong Thank with you? you. Yeah. Come on. Send in the hearts. You want to give me more names to names to try and pronounce? <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, okay. So how this is going to work here? We have our upside downside picks, and then we're doing our stream of the weeks. And apparently, I'm doing a kicker of the week that I just found out. So <laughs> you do this every season. You're the only one that likes kickers outside of Linda. Shout out to Linda, my Love partner Linda. in the Pros with Joe's uh, charity league. So yes. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do an upside. We're not gonna go through every position. We're gonna highlight a couple guys. I'm gonna run through everyone's picks very quickly. And then we're going to go through each guy here. They're going to highlight one guy they feel is their highest upside and their highest downside. So starting with the upsides, we're going to start with our guest Nate here. For quarterback, he likes Big Ben Roethlisberger this week, Leonard Fournette, T.Y. Hilton, and Dawson Knox, the tight end with the Buffalo Bills. Josh, you like Tyrod Taylor, Chris Thompson, James Washington, and Dallas Goddard. Ryan, you like Cam Newton, Jonathan Taylor, John Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. So starting with our guest of honor here, Nate, out of those four guys, Big Ben, Fournette, T.Y., and Dawson Knox, who do you feel most confident with going into week one of the new season? Uh, for me, it's Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, I think he's – It's we're so quick to move on from everybody when someone gets injured. So, you know, he was injured last season, and you could get him super late in all the drafts this year. Um <clears throat> All reports out of camp. His arm looks amazing. He fails great. So everything's a go for there. He's got an amazing top-end elite uh, wide receiver in Juju and a ton of younger breakout potential guys. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool. Love them all. And not to mention James Conner, who we all know now and should have known this entire time and never questioned it, that he's going to be the bell cow in that backfield. So that helps open things up for Big Ben and protect him even more. Um, And to me, the Steelers' defense is almost unfair (laughs) this season, how good they're going to be. And that will leave like a ton of offensive time for Big Ben to do his thing out there. So I think Ben Roethlisberger should be a full go if you drafted him or if you have him on your squad. He's a full go week one for me. Especially going against the Giants. Uh, that might oh be the God. best part about that week one. <laughs> yep. Yep. You mean you mean the best defense in the NFL? The New For York fantasy defense. purposes. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Me yeah, Ben. Ben's one of my highlights in my confidence plays column uh, that's dropping tomorrow morning. Uh, the Giants, they like terrible pass rush. They had the 11th fewest sacks in the NFL last season. They did zero to improve it. They allowed the fifth most passing yards per game, the seventh most passing touchdowns. I mean, adding James Bradbury, Logan Ryan, like Logan Ryan was one of the worst corners in the NFL in, in terms of yards given up that a lot of people don't realize. He's just a big name at this point. But you add him into the slot covering Juju, Juju's going to have a good game this week. I don't see how he does it. Yep. Yeah. 
And one of my guys that we'll get to in a little bit, James Washington, I absolutely love what he can do. Corey, I believe the corner's name is Ballantyne. Corey Ballantyne? Corey Ballantyne. Yeah, the worst graded corner in terms of coverage per pro football focus last year. Absolutely horrendous. The Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, they're going to light up the Giants. It is going to be an absolute embarrassment on Monday I was night. a little shocked to see James Washington on your list and not Deontay Johnson. So yeah. so here's the thing. like Because I do my <laughs> confidence plays, like I try to highlight more of the – like the prominent name. So with the upside downside, I try to go more with like, you know, some cheaper options for like mm-hmm. DFS. So that's why like I add in like the tie rods and, and James Washington and so forth. So so you think all the receivers for the Steelers are going to have a great day, which just enforces my big Ben pick. Exactly. Cover them? Ex- nobody, nobody. I, I will say I'm not as high on Deontay this week. Just, you know, I'm giving Bradbury a little respect, a little not as much, Zero. but I Why think all know? of them are going to absolutely be phenomenal this week. So, so I guess since we're on a Steelers talk here, how do we feel about Eric Ebron, the new tight end there for Big Ben? Do we think he has a good week? Because we look at the safeties, it's Jabril Peppers is going to be covering him. That's the number one guy. So how do we feel about Ebron for week one? They don't have the right size speed combination to cover him right now. Uh Peppers is faster than he is, but Peppers probably is a foot shorter. <laughs> I think he's 5'11", right? and Ebron's like 6'5". Yeah. yeah, there's yeah, it's yeah. it's not going to be great. Um, I I know they brought in the one linebacker from uh, Blake Martinez. I don't know how great he is he's, in coverage. So he's a, I think he's, he's more a Mike of a run stopper. He's, he's a, a Mike linebacker. He plays yeah. decent in zone coverage, but he's a Mike. He he covers running backs out of the backfield poorly. He's a run stuffer, and he's really good at it. Yeah, I just don't see them having anybody who's going to be able to slow down Ebron. Uh, we're jumping ahead towards the end of the show, but he might come up again when I start talking about streams of the week. So, yeah. So another pass catching option for Ben Ben, It's almost like so, that was a great choice, Nate. Did I nail that? Did I? <laughs> you you nailed it, buddy. You absolutely nailed it. Uh, out of the park, uh, awesome. jo- Josh. We we kind of covered James Washington. Uh, for your guy, but another one that I'm intrigued by, at least, is Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, he has the starting job right now for the Los Angeles Chargers. They're going on the road to play Joey Turnbuckle in his first NFL game with the Bengals. That Bengals defense has only gotten worse since last year. I mean, they set- made a lot of free agent signings, and only they're all hurt already. Worse. Like, Trey Wayans is hurt. Uh, I believe they signed, uh, who was it? Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, also from Minnesota. Josh, you're naming two defensive backs that are that terrible. Are terrible. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was literally subtraction moves, by addition. They did make moves. Big move. Oh, and they paid those guys, too. I don't yeah. understand why. I mean, so they, they have they have Sean Williams and they have Jesse Bates, but they're safeties, and they're really good at what they do. But you're going to have guys like Keenan Allen, and, and if Mike Williams plays... Is, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They can't. They, they're they're not going to cover the them. <laughs> so is is that why you like Tyrod Taylor? You I'm just not, think he's going to throw? Yeah, I'm not overly sold on Mike Williams actually playing this week. Um, but when you look at his history as a starter, especially in Buffalo where he played with Anthony Lynn, this is a great matchup for him and the personnel that they have. You know, short passing, dump offs in the backfield. LaShawn McCoy had one of his better receiving seasons as a running back in Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor. That bodes well for Austin Eckler coming off a 90-plus catch season. 
Keenan Allen in the short underneath in the slot. They don't have anybody that can cover him, and he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Uh, Tyrod averaged 36 yards rushing per game as a starter. You enhance that with a team that allowed the most rushing yards to quarterbacks in 2019. He can easily top 60 or 70 yards, maybe add a touchdown. Now you have a 13-point advantage already out of the gate before he even throws a pass. So the upside for Tyrod, for me, as a streaming option, or if you're in super flex, two quarterback leagues, or if you're looking for cheap options in DFS to load up on the Michael Thomases, the uh, Christian McCaffrey's, those bigger play guys that you need to put the extra money into under the salary cap, Tyrod Taylor is an absolutely phenomenal choice for me this week. I'd like Tyrod better if we knew if Mike Williams was playing, mainly because Mike Williams is a big uh, pass interference guy. And if you can get down into the red zone with Melvin Gordon not there anymore, I feel like Tyrod could steal some touchdowns down there as well. Hey, don't sleep on Joshua Kelly. What's the matter with you? Oh, I like Joshua Kelly. I just don't know how phone's going to look. So. Austin so. Eckler is still on that team. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sleeping on Josh Kelly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Love it, Nate. Love it. Hashtag analysis, everybody. (laughs) Something that I've seen, especially just a DFS setting my own lineups and maybe some questions. How how does Hunter Henry fit into the equation in week one? Because like I said, the two safeties that Cincinnati has, I mean, they're not world beaters. They're not a Jamal Adams, Landon Collins, Buda Baker type. But they're solid NFL caliber safeties. Do we think that Hunter Henry's going to get looks? And plus, do we like does Tyrod Taylor target tight ends very much? Because if Mike Williams is out, I think that only brings Hunter Henry's value up. Didn't Tyrod make Charles Clay a thing? Wasn't that yeah. for two years? So, yeah. Let's... Okay. So I think. <clears throat> so again, we're talking about Charles Clay. Which uh, did anyone draft him this year? Nope. Okay. I don't think, uh, think he's retired. on a roster at this point. He's right retired. Now. So if, if if he can make him a thing, Hunter Henry is already a thing no matter who's throwing to him. So and especially as Ryan pointed out, depending on the, the status of Mike Williams, I expect him to still be somewhat banged up. So that definitely increases the likelihood that Hunter Henry sees a fair share of targets in week one. So I do like him. Henry's actually my tight end too for my projections. I think nice. he's gonna have a big week. Wow. Yeah, I think Henry can do really well this week. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And again, especially if Mike Williams isn't playing, yeah. there's, you know, again, that's another option that comes in in the passing game. Right. Because you're looking at if Mike Williams doesn't play, your top pa- your top three pass catchers on the team at that point go Keenan, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, and yeah. whatever order you want to put them in. And then... The next guy after that, Joe goes, Reed, Joe Reed, and Jason Moore. <laughs> I, I mean, like, like looking, looking at the depth chart according to our lads, the third guy is Jalen Guyton. I mean, a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, there's, I, I, there's I nobody. own every share of that guy yes. that you just said. Nate, oh, it's been every share of Jalen Guyton. We'd Nate's got those deep dynasty rocks. <laughs> He's all about our lads. You, you heard it first. If, if if that guy goes off, I own a whole, a whole bunch. <laughs> if he goes off, you owe your life to Nate. That's what, that's what, what, what was is. his name again? And if he doesn't, Nate does not remember who you were talking yeah, about. No, no clearly, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Ryan, if, but- I was joking, but if it works out, I wasn't joking. 
Ryan, before we get to your high upside, we do have a question from yeah. Daniel. I think it's Biatch. Love the name. Uh, <laughs> Marlon Mack, James White, or Rob Gronkowski at the flex position. Joshua, let's start with you. Man, I love me some James White this week. and even But even with the threat of Jonathan Taylor, I think you got to go Marlon Mack. That Jaguars front seven is god awful they're just uh, all philip rivers has to do this game is hand the football off mac and taylor are going to easily top 100 yards apiece okay nate gronk it's not even close i mean i don't know why people fade in him so much it's ridiculous so a lot of people don't forget so a lot of people forget that he took time off to get his mind right and his health right and now he's feeling good and there's only one guy on that potent Tampa Bay offense that Tom Brady has won Super Bowls with and is thrown to a whole bunch and has chemistry with and it's and it's Gronk. He doesn't need to have 15 targets. He can catch three balls and score two touchdowns and be a viable fantasy asset. That's all I need from Gronk. And to me, there's too much risk involved above the Gronk risk in those other two players that were mentioned. Okay, Ryan Full PPR, I'm still sticking with my boy James White. Uh, anything under full PPR. Wow, three different answers. Back. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing, right? Enjoy. Tiebreaker. Uh, Joe. Uh, James White. Um, there you go. Our James White, apparently. And, and that's that's a good point, Ryan. If it's a full point PPR, I think it's James White. Um, the, the Dolphins signed two Patriots linebackers, and if you've ever watched a Patriots game, they can't cover running backs. <laughs> so when you take Patriots linebackers who clearly have played against James White in practice and still can't cover him in practice. How do you know they can't cover him in practice? Because they can't. I'm just saying we don't have full Josh, cameras going jo in practice, buddy. Josh, if you gave them a 120 mm. by 50 yard blanket, they still couldn't cover an NFL football field. That's how bad Patriots linebackers are covering running backs out of the backfield. It's so hard for me not to, I'm sorry to interrupt, it's so hard for me not to fade the entire New England Patriots week one just because That's Cam fair. Newton, he's a new, like, who That's else has been there fair. but Tom Brady, okay? And, yeah. and yep. everybody on that offense that has been there has had a connection with Tom Brady. Cam Newton is a different dude, okay? Different type of quarterback. That throws question marks at every even elite player in that offense, which there isn't many of them uh, to be said. So, that's why, again, such a high risk for me. Yeah, he's got the upside, but that's if he if if he dumps off to James White and, and he favors him like Tom Brady did. Maybe he won't. So yes. there's too much question marks. But as, maybe as somebody that doesn't know the offense as well, when he's trying to process down the field, he goes for those shorter options, i.e. dump offs to White, tucking and running. Wouldn't that favor White, though? It's possible, or he just runs because yeah. he's afraid yeah. to. That's the upset. biggest worry. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he might he might just panic and just do what his instincts tell him, which is to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I like Newton a lot this week, but again, yeah. it's Newton more so than any of the other individual options. Right. I am plugging Nikhil Harry into a couple DFS lineups, but that's only because he's so cheap. Yeah, and the Dolphins secondary was terrible last year. I know they made a lot of improvements, but again, without a preseason, we don't know how well those improvements are going to like taken in, into uh, the effect. upsides there without uh, Muhammad Sanu now. So yeah, I, I can see that. So you you talk about like there's no familiarity. 
uh, there's one guy who's familiar with Cam Newton. It's Demir Bird, and he's yeah, probably the, the third slot. receiver well, the in now, this but. offense because you're looking at Edelman and Nikhil Harry. Demir Bird's probably going to be the guy opposite Nikhil Harry. And he's got outside. some wheels. He has, he has great – look, he's not an elite receiver by any means. He's a short guy. But everything out of camp, Demir Bird was the best receiver in camp. It, it, it wasn't even close, according to every, every single Patriots beat writer – all the local new, all the local sports stations. Jacoby Which tells Myers me he's going to have thirty-three targets this year. I mean, no, I, Josh, I mean, I'm, let's be honest. Josh, this thing. I'm, I am not. I'm not saying Demir Bird <laughs> runs all over the field, but he knows how to get open. That's some familiarity with Cam Newton in that offense. So maybe it makes him feel a little more at home. But this, if there's Cam Newton, is a very competitive person. This is his revenge tour. At this point, I hate saying that. I absolutely hate saying that. But it is. This is one of the most competitive guys, I think, at the quarterback position. So looking at him, especially in DFS, Josh, you talked about Tyrod Taylor maybe even gets 60, 70 yards and a touchdown. Cam Newton easily has that upside and then some. Miami can't stop the run. So I, I think I think Newton is great upside in DFS. Go ahead, Ryan. My my note next to Cam literally just says the biggest FU game ever. Because <laughs> he has to prove <laughs> that to prove he it. that Panthers made a mistake. But is <laughs> so. isn't Tom Brady on that same page too? Oh, absolutely. I biggest think so FU as game. Well. Yeah. So so looking at the two, who do we think is a better week? Because when you look at Miami's defense oh. and New Orleans defense. I mean, New Orleans obviously has, I think, a more star-studded roster. Miami right now technically is a better secondary if you want to say Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Who has a better matchup this week, Tom in New Orleans or Cam at home against Miami? Oh, well, better Cam. matchup would still be Cam, but I'm still— It's, it's less about Brady. the matchup, though, in the, yeah. the weapons <laughs> the weapon. that Tom Brady has compared yeah, to what Cam fair. has. So yeah. it, it, to answer your question, it, it, Ryan's right. It, it, the matchup, it's definitely Cam Newton, but who's going to have the better game? I mean, my Brady. money's on Tom Brady. It's like, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm from New England, but I am not a Pats fan. I just uh, got to throw that out there. Damn. <laughs> I'm so from who New England. Who are well. you a fan of, Nate? Oh God. Oh, the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Uh, God Nate, damn it, Nate. Nate I thought we could be friends. Nate, All right, well, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> See you later, Nate. We'll. Uh, Everyone, tune into Nate's show after our show at 8 o'clock Eastern. Thanks for still promoting me. I'm here. Uh, if there is one thing the Cowboys do lead the NFL in, at least for right now, is the best stadium because it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but getting into Ryan's highest upside, once again, Ryan, you had Cam Newton, Jonathan Taylor, John Brown, Rob Gronkowski. I was just uh, going to hit on John Brown since he's the only one we haven't talked about. Yet. Go, go for it. I like yeah, it. Go nuts. Um, I feel like the Jets secondary is complete trash. Um, yes. Nobody is going to be able to keep up with the speed of Brown. And we kind of talked about this in the offseason. Diggs could actually be helpful for Brown because Brown's going to be going up against number two corners again, and that's where he's going to flourish. So. Um, Brown is going to have the comfortability with Allen from last year. I think he scored seven touchdowns last year. But my favorite thing while researching this that came up is the Buffalo Bills actually played the Jets in week one last year, and Brown went for seven, 123 yards and a touchdown. I'll take that in week one from a guy who you're probably drafted in the 10th round and is probably close to, what, wide receiver three and four status in DFS right now. So uh, Brown, Brown, I think, is a really good play for week one. 
I have to get yeah, looking at John Brown just what I was set in my DraftKings lineup, he's very cheap. Um I think Diggs is way pricier than him and the issue I have with Diggs is how is he going to fit into the offense? We're talking about guys on new teams and how they're going to fit into the offense. How does Diggs fit there? And I think I get the like you said the Jets secondary is absolutely trash. They had Jamal Yeah, Adams they're starting corners on. Pierre Desir <laughs> and Blessuan Austin. Okay. Yes. So Pierre Desir is a vet and he's better Which again, he'll probably be on Stefan Diggs. Exactly. He will, but the issue is he's better in the slot than he is outside. Um he's not going to be able to cover Stefan Diggs, but if they're having safety help over the top, you know, that that they might just let John Brown sit in an island which again is going to help him. I mean, so really, my, my what only... safety help they traded I, their best safety. Josh, Josh, they're just going to put a body 30 yards downfield and just say, hey, just find the ball and smack it. That's all. Fair, fair. I'm not, I'm not telling you there's going to be good safety help. I'm just telling you there's going to be a body roughly around the size of 5'10 to 6 foot, 200 pounds in the area. That's my, all. My only contention with um, – with John Brown and Stefan Diggs is I actually think they kind of eat into each other's production because they're both yeah. pretty similar. They stretch the field. And if the off or the defense is going to worry about two guys like that, very talented stretching the field that opens up a lot down the middle. And I think Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox, we're going to hear a ton from this season. I think it really does help them. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they're going to outproduce the other two guys. It just means I think from a value perspective of where you drafted them, you'll probably be more happy that happy that you grabbed Cole Beasley when you did or Dawson Knox versus the other two, John Brown and Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could easily see Cole Beasley have five reception games, 50, 60 yards. And there's a quick, if you're in a deep, like that's a staple Cole Beasley game right there. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it really that's is. Literally. And you know, you just got to hope uh, this is Josh Allen's third year, fourth year in the league. Third. Um, you just got to hope he's figured out his short game by this point. It's, mm-hmm. It's been his weakest point as an NFL quarterback. Anyone can, anyone with eyes can tell you that. So if he's fixed that. Yeah, their running backs last year only had 80 targets, I believe, and he had the lowest check down percentage of any quarterback in the NFL last year. Well, when you can throw it. Yeah. Yeah. When you can throw it 70 yards, why would you check it down? Yeah. Um, So moving now to. Real real uh, quick, real quick, Joe, I do want to add this from Tommy. Okay. And I have to say, I, I agree with him 100% because I've, I've stashed Gabriel Davis in a couple leagues. Gabriel Davis is somebody to look at. He's a big guy on the outside and has a ton of speed. He's from UCF, I believe. Keep an eye out for him if you're in Dynasty Leagues. I mean, Thank you, Tommy, for that little nugget. The, the last great receiver to come out of UCF is none other than uh, Brashad Perryman, the guy <laughs> who forgot he had hands for the first four years of his career. So... Gabriel Davis, obviously. Hey, I mean, he came from the uh, 2017 national champion, UCF Knights. There you go. (laughs) I absolutely hated that, being in Orlando during that time. All right. Downside picks. Starting with Nate, you have Aaron Rodgers, Miles Sanders, Julian Edelman, and Hayden Hurst. Josh, you have Joe Burrow, Matt Breda, Henry Ruggs, and Chris Herndon. Ryan... You got Kyler, Miles Sanders, Mike Evans, and Austin Hooper. Nate, once again, starting with you, who is the downside you are falling on your sword with this week? All of them. 
Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, How no, dare so, you slander Miles Sanders like that? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go there and Ryan, feel free to jump in. I know you had him already on the on the sheet, but um I mean Doug Peterson, man, he's pulling his things already. He's I've I've already told everybody not to trust what Doug Peterson says. And <clears throat> apparently he was gonna get everything, and now they're already discussing managing his touches in week one. And if there's a concern for injury, whatever. Why would they force him the ball against the Washington football team? Like, why are they going to do that? So if there's a week to pump the brakes on Miles Sanders, it's week one because they are not going to force touches to this man. Um, and he's somebody that I just I don't see getting, you know, 20 plus touches a game. I don't see that happening in 2020. I, this is, I know it's a very unpopular take. I get it. Trust me. I'm, I get a ton of hate from it. But. <laughs> I'm only going by what Doug Peterson has always shown me, and I don't want to hear you know that argument for what he's had at running back. We still haven't seen Miles Sanders do it consistently enough to just instill him as as the king of that backfield. So I think we'll see a lot of people hit the panic button after week one uh, when we see Miles Sanders get probably 15, 16 touches in that game. Yeah, you basically read my notes word for word. Um I think the Eagles are going to run away with the game. There's no reason to play him the entire game. But the one thing I will add, and this is something Joe and I have been talking about, is that Washington front seven is better than most people think it is. Very. And that could there's be a, a lot problem. of talent there. They're not yeah. doing anything with it. That's the problem. Well, one of the talents hasn't played a game yet, and I am an Ohio State fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ohio. Uh, yeah. I mean, He's he's gonna absolutely destroy. Yeah, he's already won a starting job, and it's gonna be so fun to watch him this year. Chase Young, for those who don't know who we're talking about, it's gonna be fun. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it's probably gonna get out of hand. I love Wentz this week. We were talking about that before we came into the show. Um, I think it's gonna be more passing because that secondary is suspect. But I think that front seven could give Sanders fits, and then if they are winning the game handily, there's no reason to keep putting him out there. Yeah, I mean, it'd be Boston Scott trash, you know, dumpster time, basically. Yeah, I mean, and it, Ryan, you talked about it. Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Montez Sweat. That is four first round picks in four succeeding years on that defensive line. And they're still trotting out uh, Ryan Kerrigan. As well, if they run, if they want to run a five-two and slide Kerrigan inside and have Chase Young way outside, that's five first-round picks. They have Thomas Davis, who can still, you know, he's old, but he can still play. And oh, he'll John, be good for the first at least eight weeks. Yeah, and then you got guys, John Bostick. He's a vet. He's pretty good. Kevin Pierre Lewis, not a world beater, but he's a vet. I mean, their front seven's good. It's just, you know, their secondary is just. They have Landon Collins. But Kendall Fuller is not going to lock down anybody, especially a number one receiver. And Josh, you know all well, Ronald Darby doesn't know his left from his right. Nope. So their secondary is just garbage. I forgot he was there. (laughs) And Landon Collins is another problem for Miles Sanders. All the more reason to absolutely love Deshaun Jackson this week. That's all I got to say. Yeah, and don't forget about what Deshaun Jackson did Week One against Washington last year. Deshaun Jackson is the ultimate revenge game, man. Even going back two years uh, in 2018 with the Bucks, playing against Philly, four for 129, like just absolutely murders teams that give up on him. 
you hate to play that that whole revenge game thing, but it's, it's just, so true. It proves it over and over again. It's proven. It's probably got like an eighty five percent hit rate, you know, <laughs> on I, these games with these players that have. It has a better hit before. rate than we do oh. giving advice. <laughs> it does. Well, easily, easily on that. Yeah. It's just I think if there's one guy you can like, I think they like you said eighty five percent of the time you can count on to have a revenge game, if there's one guy I'd had to put a million dollars on to bet he would smoke his former team, whatever it was, Deshaun Jackson's my guy. Every <laughs> single Because it, it just seems every time. It, you, Josh, you're right. It's like three or four catches, but it's 150 yards and two touchdowns. He had two touchdowns last year against Washington that both went over 50 yards. It's He doesn't, it's unbelievable. He's, he is going to He's the Frank Gore of wide receivers. I love it. <laughs> That's I love it. Deshaun Jackson. That's a oh. great reference. That's a great analogy. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Jackson. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> Nate's going to end the show. Nate has left the show twice. Yes. This is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've, no one has ever done that mid-show. We've only been 30 minutes in, and Nate's hey, left twice. I keep coming back, though. I. This is, this is true. This is true. All right, Josh. On to you. Joe Burrow, Matt Breda, Henry Ruggs, Chris Herndon. Downside. Who are you falling on? Probably Joe Burrow. Um, the biggest thing for me, obviously, rookie first start. Uh, I saw a tweet actually this morning from uh, fellow fantasy uh, footballers writer Aaron Larson that really kind of resonated and kind of helped confirm this pick here. Uh, the last few number one overall picks that were quarterbacks in their debuts, Sam Bradford, three interceptions, two sacks. Cam Newton, one interception, four sacks. Andrew Luck, three interceptions, three sacks, a lost fumble. Jameis Winston, two interceptions, five sacks. Kyler Murray, one interception, four sacks. Those guys had a preseason. <laughs> Joe Burrow has not. Now, look, I know everybody wants to crown this guy like the, mm. the king, and I'm totally rooting for him. He's like I, I enjoyed watching him last year at LSU. I am wholeheartedly rooting for this guy because Cincinnati needs something to root for because this – franchise has been god awful for so long but it's not even like they're facing a cupcake defense either like the chargers have two of the absolute best pass rushers in the nfl joey bosa and melvin ingram their line sucks you know all you want about jonah williams that's great i think he's going to be a good tackle missed all of last year and i don't think what you want in a healthy return is to go against bosa or ingram sorry it's not boding well for you and throw in the fact that they have three top 50 graded corners per PFF on their team. Chris Harris has been one of the best corners over the last decade. Casey Hayward was their sixth graded corner. Desmond King was their top rated slot corner two years ago. They have a stout secondary, even without Derwin James, who, as we saw, excuse me, as we saw in the preseason, went, or excuse me, training camp offseason, uh, went down with a what will probably end up being a season ending injury. Joe Burrow has an uphill climb and this is only week one. Mm -hmm. Th their first five weeks are not going to be easy. And I think it's going to be a very bumpy ride starting out this week. So I, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm starting Joe Burrow or, or taking him in a DFS lineup, but I know you're picking Cincinnati to win in week one, or at I least am, to cover the spread. <laughs> I am picking Cincinnati to cover the spread because Tyrod Taylor's a starting quarterback. So <laughs> that's it. Fair. Since Cincinnati's going to cover the spread, I know it's only a three point spread. 
and it's not a big you know it's not a big swing but i think uh, for the blurred lines graphic uh spoiler alert new segment with me um i yeah i think cincinnati covers there but I, i'm not like for, forget about the secondary joe burrow has the best pass rushing duo coming at him every single time he drops back to pass he can't control if his receivers get open right i mean i assume casey hayward's going to be on aj green Let's just say AJ Green gets locked down. All right. We're assuming AJ Green even plays. This is yeah. true. But like so it's again, he can't he can't control his receivers getting open, right? So it's already a tough secondary for his receivers to try and get open. He can control how fast he gets rid of the football and if he tucks and runs. It's gonna be really hard to try and get through his offensive line with Kenneth Murray shooting up the middle and then Bosa and Ingram on the sides. Like that is that is not fun for a rookie quarterback to come into, right? And the one thing I got from your list of quarterbacks, Josh, is uh, Jameis Winston. This is the first list where he doesn't lead uh, in the highest <laughs> amount of interceptions. Nice, Joe. I was going to say that, man. Thank that you, Nate. Fantastic. Great minds, buddy. Yeah. That was good. He does lead in amount of sacks, though. So uh, Not they, shocking you know, there. Either. He made up for it. Yeah, made up for it. Um but yeah, the the one list where Jameis Winston does not lead in amount of interceptions thrown. Uh, but yeah, it. I mean, I I don't know too many people that were uh, super high on Joe Burrow. I mean, I mean, he was going in the top fifteen in most fantasy drafts, so people were expecting him to be like legit this year. So, but it's not just that; it's not just getting him where they got him. You hear a lot of buzz like this is going to be the best value pick for a quarterback, and for me. Like there, there are two groups of people that I've lumped into who's going to be most affected by this, the COVID no preseason and it's rookies. And the other one are players that have traded, been traded or are on new teams. Yeah. Yep. So those two, those two types are going to have a ton of trouble, especially, you know, week one. I mean, yeah, that's an easy pick, but even just the beginning of the season, the first quarter, even first four weeks, there's going to be a lot of adjustments we're going to have to see. So yeah, that's a good pick. Joe Burrow, I, w- I would not expect too much out of him. I think we should be fading all of Cincinnati, honestly, for week one. Yeah, sure. But but they're going to cover the spread. That's all that matters. <laughs> It'll be three to nothing, Joe. No problem. Three to nothing. That hey, I mean, that's a push, baby. Push is better than a loss. Push is better than a loss, especially in betting. Um, all right. Ryan, for our last falling on our sword downside, Kyler Murray, Miles Sanders, Mike Evans, or Austin Hooper? I'm going to hit on Mike Evans because I want to let everybody know I first and foremost put him on this list before this hamstring injury popped up. You did. did. (laughs) I can vouch Um, for it. And there are two words for why that is. Marshawn, Lattimore. Evans and Lattimore are kryptonite for one another. I'm more Lattimore for Evans. Um, I went back and dug in, first and foremost, that, that wonderful zero game that Mike Evans had last year. Yeah, that was against Lattimore and the Saints. Um, over the last four games going against Lattimore, he averages 12 fantasy points. That's not what you want out of your number one wide receiver heading into week one. Um, it's just not going to be a good game for him. And now you're stacking that injury on top of it. It's part of the reason I love Gronk and it's Gronk is a part of the reason I don't like Evans this week. Why would Brady force the ball towards Marshawn Lattimore when he has Gronk that he can get that same ball to? I I think it's going to be a bad week for Mike Evans. Um, I've seen routinely on people's week one ranks that Mike Evans is a top 10 wide receiver, and that's about to plummet now with this hamstring news. 
He is in my 40s. I am not. If I drafted Mike Evans, I'm not starting him this week against Marshawn Lattimore. So I think that's that's honestly that's a great pick because who wants to fade any of this Tampa Bay offense? Honestly, yeah. so that that's that's gutsy. <laughs> yeah, they've for been hyped up all off season. You you brought up some good points, but honestly, with that hamstring issue, are we sure Latimer is going to be covering? And that's Evans? breaks my heart because I have Godwin everywhere. <laughs> right. So so let's just say that there is an issue, and they 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 notice that within the first couple of plays. He may move over to Godwin if, in fact, he is even starting against Evans. He might even yeah. start against Godwin regardless. So that's the only, only like oh, rebuttal, I, I guess. It, yeah, it, it breaks my heart. It broke my heart when I saw that because I was like, the yeah, big I was thing, so ready to be right yeah. about this. Yeah. <laughs> the big thing for me with those two when you're when you're comparing Godwin and Evans, Godwin is more of the type of receiver that they'll move around the formation going from outside to inside versus Evans, who is more strictly an outside receiver. Lattimore isn't more intents and purposes, an outside corner. He's not moving inside. So they have ways to, to free up Godwin from Lattimore. So to your point, I still think he'll probably cover Evans more uh, or, you know, they'll do kind of what Jacksonville did with Ramsey so many times and throw him on Gronk. If they think that Gronk is having those types of plays where, you know, he's stretching the scene, getting those first downs, maybe scoring a touchdown and they'll say, you know what? We got to take away this guy. We can't let him beat us. The yeah, last... and, and Gronk can post a board, Latimer. Yeah, absolutely, he can. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the last time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans Week One was 2018. Do we remember what happened then? Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 417 <laughs> yards, and Marshawn Lattimore looked like a grandma trying to cover Mike Evans. So, you want to talk about a great game. 2018 was a very down year for Lattimore. Imagine Tom Brady throwing to him, though. I I think even he would admit that. He bounced back last year in a big way, though. Sure, sure. The number two receiver was Deshaun Jackson. He had five targets for five catches, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. If that's not a Deshaun Jackson stat line, I don't know what is. But I very similar to a Keenan Allen stat line. Yeah, I I have actually s- no, it's the opposite. Keenan Allen has the targets and receptions, and he ends yeah. up with like forty yards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I have no worries for Chris Godwin uh, this week. I, I don't I don't care if Marshawn Lattimore is covering him. I don't care at all. I have no worries for Chris Godwin. He is a thousand times better route runner than Mike Evans is, especially in the short game and getting separation. Evans is a bigger body, and he can still get separation deeper down the field where he beats Chris Godwin. But Godwin's going to live in that short to mid-range game, and he's going to get separation away from Lattimore. And Josh, I think you brought it up. They're going to scheme to get Lattimore off Godwin if that's the case anyway. Godwin's one of their best guys (laughs) after the catch. Uh, Mike Evans is great as well, but Godwin's a little shiftier. And I think he's going to be their go-to guy come Sunday for them. Uh, all right, we are now. Ooh, this is this is uh, a club Perfect. fantasy thing now, baby. I feel like uh, this is a record for us. We got through the know, bulk of our show in forty-five minutes. You guys, we killed we killed that, and and we what? actually we did a lot of like branching off and stuff. We exactly. did. We literally got to hit every one of my upside plays, even though we were only supposed to talk I was about gonna, one. I was going to say, wait a second. I was going to say, like, as Joe started listing off players, I'm like, poor Ryan. What's Ryan going to talk about when we get there? I just, I, I kind of go with the flow. And yeah, you killed it, Ryan. Though. 
if if someone Jedi, gets stepped Jedi on. mind tricked you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we will now go to Ryan's stream of the week, the stream master general. He will tell you uh, who to stream at the quarterback, tight end, and defense slash special teams positions, and then I'll give you my kicker of the week. Apparently, for some <laughs> reason, because it's in here. Um, I didn't think I was on the t- I didn't think I was on the show. Outline. Oh, please. Just... Your, your, your stream kicker of the week is pick a guy in a dome. Like we all know that's going to be <laughs> basically what it is, <laughs> but spoiler alert, my guy isn't in a dome this week. Oh, okay. wait, hold on. A curveball. Wait, a curveball. I take is SoFi stadium considered a dome. Cause it's technically outside, right? So now we know your kicker. Yeah. Well, there's two options. <laughs> So much for the spoiler, uh, guys. That's There's two options. Right. Fine, let's get my kicker of the week out of the way. Let's it's Greg it. Zerline. It's a revenge game. Let's revenge go game kicker. Yes. Revenge Greg game the kicker. Leg. <laughs> Greg the leg going against his old Los Angeles Rams. Sunday night, baby. <laughs> 21 points from your kicker, Greg Zerline. Right. <laughs> Ryan, speaking of the Los yes. Angeles Rams, who's your stream of the week for quarterback? Quarterback is Jared Goff. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The over/under in Vegas is fifty-one and a half, which is, I think, the second highest over/under on the week. And that's where you want to look for quarterbacks. Um, they the way combined I my, over sixty last last year. Yeah. Um, the way I pick my core or my streams of the week is they have to be under fifty percent on owned on either Yahoo or ESPN. Goff is a little bit higher on on Yahoo or ESPN. Uh, Goff is a little higher on Yahoo. He's thirty percent, thirty two percent available. He's fifty eight percent available on ESPN. Go grab him right now. They're gonna throw a ton. Gurley's gone, and everyone can love these new running backs as much as they want. They're gonna lean on their known commodities. They're gonna lean on Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby and Goff is going to throw the ball a ton in a high scoring game. That's what you want out of a quarterback, especially one you're streaming. How dare you slight Gerald Everett? <laughs> so, so for, for those that listen, watch the show, you all know my hatred for Jared Goff. I was asked a question this week. Who would you rather start? I, I believe it was Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff. And it, it took every ounce <laughs> of me to not say Aaron Rodgers. I know. I, I love Jared Goff this week. I don't care how bad of a quarterback he is. He's going to throw the football 60 times with how bad his defense is and how much the Cowboys are going to score. Dak should throw for five touchdowns this game, and Zeke should have three rushing touchdowns. Dallas Keep talking, Joe. Keep talking. What's going on? So, Nate, right? Here's my thing. I think Dallas should be 13-3, this year. No doubt in my mind they should. And yet we all know they'll finish eight and eight. They're going to finish eight and eight because they're the (laughs) effing Dallas Cowboys. But I mean, look at their offense, Mm. and look at the that offense is freaking loaded, man. This would be this would be the ultimate under or underperform because that is just what they are. If they are the underperformers, and if it happens this year. Oh my goodness! I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I am, There's like I am no saving all that franchise. Over Michael Gallup this week. All Jerry, over Michael. Jerry Jones would need to fire himself if it happens. <laughs> yeah, that'll. Oh, that's never the problem. I mean, no, listen, that's the right, problem. If if you're Jason Garrett, how much are you rooting for the Cowboys to have a nine and seven, eight and eight type season? Because at that point, right? I don't think Jason Garrett ever had this amount of firepower on offense. Oh. So if Mike McCarthy comes in, who's supposedly this you know offensive guy who knows how to run his teams, always takes his teams to the playoffs, and he comes in and you know either barely squeaks in 
or goes eight and eight, I mean, well, first off, eight and eight could win that division. Let's just be hundred percent honest. Here. Shut it. Josh, they can win that division. This 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 should easily be a Cowboys uh, division title. I mean, it's, I, it's, I think so too. Yeah, it, it should be an, an easy one for them. So yeah, I'm, every single offensive player in that game, start them. Every single one of them. Cup, yeah. Blake Jarwin. Woods. Blake Jar every single yes, one. Yes, Blake Jarwin. CD Lamb could have 200 yards at this point. Who's going to cover him? Uh, C- right. CD yeah, Lamb, man. No one. He's yeah, going to get 90 targets this year. Easy. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Uh, Ryan, Eric Ebron. Yes. Tight end. So Ebron is available in 65% of leagues, both Yahoo and ESPN. Um, normally not a big guy for Pittsburgh Steelers tight ends, um, but he might be their best red zone target at this point. Uh, Claypool is a big wide receiver, but he's going to take a little bit more time to develop. Um, I think it's another high-scoring game. We've already kind of touched on Giants secondary is awful. There's nobody who's going to cover anybody in this, and they have just been raving about Ebron lately. Roethlisberger's never really had a tight end like Ebron, so I think this is going to be a really good week for him. I think one or two TDs is definitely within the realm of possibility, and if he hits that two number, he's a top five, maybe even a top one play at tight end. Um, it's, It's probably going to be a big week for him, and what's crazy is, I noticed this in a lot of drafts and I'm noticing it in the numbers. A ton of teams have two tight ends rostered right now in fantasy football. But if you are one of the people who kind of got froze out in the draft, Ebron's probably out there for you and he's going to be a great start this week. And I think to to your point, you said 65% unowned. Yes. 65% available. There's a lot happening that shouldn't be happening right there. And I think he's probably going to be the top waiver wire ad after week one. Oh, I can totally do that. that. Absolutely. Yep. And your defense, Ryan. Tennessee Titans. Um, this was before Jadevian County, and that only makes everything better. I know Denver is a team that a lot of people are high on, but I think Drew Locke is uh, ready to come out and throw a couple of interceptions for everybody. Um, the game has the second lowest over-under in Vegas. You want low-scoring games when it comes to defense, and you want teams that are going to run the ball. We all know Tennessee is going to run the ball probably 40 times. And now with adding Melvin Gordon on top of Philip Lindsay, Denver's going to play that game as well. So it's going to be a game that moves fast, scores low, and I think Drew Locke is going to be a guy who can go ahead and throw some picks for you. If you have the opportunity to grab Tennessee right now, a team that's going to get to play Jacksonville twice, we don't quite know what we get out of Houston. We don't quite know what we're getting out of Phillip Rivers. Tennessee's a defense that's not going to appear on stream of the week list for long because they're going to end up being very high owned after week one, and you're probably going to keep them on your roster. They have a very good schedule this season. So I, I'm, I'm not saying I don't like the Titans this week. I hate teams going into Denver that have under, especially defenses that have underperformed playing in Denver the year prior, the year or the two years prior, or the team has never played in Denver in a long time. Because obviously we all know the altitude, whole different animal up there, especially if you have guys like a Dory Jackson, who is an Olympic sprinter with his speed, you know, how's he going to fare with that air going through his lungs last year, the Titans got blanked. In Denver, they lost 16 to nothing. And I believe Mariota was still the quarterback. So that does add something in. But we're not focusing on the quarterback, we're focusing on the defense. That's my only worry with Denver, uh, with, uh, excuse me, the Titans going into Denver. Um, I think the matchup is good. I think you're right. I think Locke's good for a couple interceptions. This is, you know, his first season coming into it as a starter. Uh, like, they don't have, the t- 
Titans don't have a bad defense and they don't have a good defense. So I one don't thing know I'll how throw I out, feel about them yet. I say one thing I'll throw out. I remember that game and I'm not going to try to remember exactly, but I think Tennessee, even in that blowout, they were still a top 12 fantasy defense because while they did get shut down, they also slowed down. They scored Denver's points offense. too. You want those low scoring yep. games. So even in a 16 to zero loss, a fantasy defense, especially one that's available in more than 50% of leagues right now could still be a good play for you. Most definitely. And before we continue here to wrap up just before eight o'clock Eastern Nate, we are going to let you go because Nate, Thank you. what what do you have coming up in eight minutes? Yes. I've got my dominate at eight in eight minutes. So oh. uh, yeah, you guys, after yeah, you it's guys just check, a rhyming segment, I love it. I know. <laughs> I mean, at all. anytime I can fit my name into something, I do it. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to go downstairs in the living room, get myself another beverage and, Get ready for that, but it's been a blast, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for finally coming on with us outside of the live stream. You know, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a regular thing because hey, I, I, love I, I love it. All I about love it, talking dude. football with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Heck yeah! All so right, everyone, Nate, go going, check buddy. out Nate. That's right. on Periscope, right? It's Periscope and Twitter. Yeah. All right, yeah. perfect. Twitter go live. Ch- go follow, follow Nate right Nate there. FF. Go get it. Thank go you. Ch- Thank go you. check his show out. The moment ours ends, Nate, we will see you in a little bit. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Ladies, man. All right. So. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now about 24 hours and 30 minutes away from the NFL season kicking off between the Texans and the Chiefs. So I guess just looking at, before we wrap up here, looking at tomorrow's game, how are we feeling? Obviously, Mahomes is a start. Watson's a start. I don't really think anybody's, you know, flipping the coin. Ah, do I sit him? Uh, I think those are (laughs) deadlock starts at that point. Travis Kelsey's a deadlock start. How do we feel looking at the running back situations, right? We all know CEH has been being taken very high. And then looking at the opposite side of that, how do we feel about uh, Johnson squared in the backfield with Duke and David? Josh, I'll let you talk CEH because I know you despise David Johnson. And I'll let Ryan cover the Texans. So, Josh, we'll start with the reigning Super Bowl champs. How do you feel about CEH and that um, the skill players for them? I, I like CEH this week. Um, I mean, we all saw what happened in the um, in the playoff game. You know, Houston jumps out to a big lead, and then Kansas City just said, "All right, yeah, glad you got your hopes up, guys, because we're coming for this one." Um, I the, everything points to Sammy Watkins having a huge game because that's just what's going to happen. Like I just know it. But I'm totally not on board with the Watkins game. I think it's going to be a big Nicole Hardman game. I think he's the guy that they really want to get involved. He was a, a their top draft pick last year. Um, you know, they let Demarcus Robinson go. They were fully prepared to let Watkins go before they renegotiated his contract down. I think Hardman's ultimately going to end up being that number two guy for them. And again, when you've got a team that is going to focus on stopping Kelsey and Hill. Who's left out in the weeds? That's going to be Hardman. That's going to be Watkins. So, I think, I think Hardman's the guy that people isn't he. People aren't paying attention to because of what they saw Watkins do last year. Yep. And that's kind of who I'm paying attention to from the Kansas City side of things. I would not be shocked at all if uh, Mahomes goes for like three fifty and four touchdowns. I also wouldn't be shocked if. Deshaun Watson goes for 303 touchdowns and has another rushing touchdown and 60 yards uh, rushing because that's just that's how this whole game is set up. You've got two pretty mediocre defenses. Um, They're not really designed to stop any. Both teams have a ton of speed. I know Brandon Cooks is kind of 
in the weeds right now. We're not 100% sure if he's going to play. If he doesn't play, I don't see how you're not throwing out Will Fuller. I I think I saw he got a limited practice in today. Okay, so maybe that's why you're not throwing out Will Fuller. (laughs) But it's just everything is set up for this. I mean, you've got two teams with a ton of speed. Again, I'm not huge on David Johnson, but they're going to feed him. That, that's why you trade for him, because you have intentions of giving him the football. But, yeah, I, I'm all about Nicole Hardman this week. Ryan? Yeah, uh, Will Fuller for sure. Um, when it comes to the running backs, I'm actually not on board with David Johnson. I guess you kind of have to start him. Um, we kind of talked about the wait-and-see aspect of Jonathan Taylor for week one. I'm more on the wait-and-see aspect of David Johnson for week one. Through the season, he's going to see carries, but in a game that is high scoring, they're not going to be able to feed him as much as they would like to. And I'm interested to see if they are going to change their offense and throw to their running backs because that's not what they do. Yep. And so that's why this is a wait and see week for David Johnson. And there's no way I'm touching Duke Johnson at this point, just because again, Duke Johnson didn't have a ton of value as a pass catcher last year when he was the only pass catcher. And now he's not even that. Um, another name I'm going to throw out is Jordan Akins at tight end. If this ends up being a high scoring game, um, Akins has been raved about all camp. Um, they do have three tight ends there, but Akins seems to be the the lead guy. And if this ends up being a high scoring game, he's going to need somebody in those short yarded situations. And Jordan Akins at tight end could be a really nice sleeper pick. If you're doing any sort of like one game uh, DFS. Love it. Awesome. And cause we are absolutely smoking through this show. It only took us three and a half years to nail it down. But <laughs> we're getting through it. I mean, three up, three up, three down comes back next week. It's my second favorite game on the show after Would You Rather. Um, Ryan, it's going to be well, the game we be, invented. Yeah, it's going to be your first three up, three down. It is. I don't even know what it is. I'll have to. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so for those, so here, so uh, I'm going to do my average Joe picks, which is another new thing. Yes. Uh, coming out, but. Uh, before we get to that, so three up, three down. For those that are new to the show or, you know, forget from last year, uh, I did take this from a Boston sports station, but they focus specifically on how Patriots players do that week. So they picked their three guys they think exceeded or played extremely well that we're, week. We're a little more diverse than that. Yeah, we're a yeah. little more diverse. Uh, so what we're doing is three guys. So the three ups are guys that we, you know, see that I've, you know, smacked it out of the park like a, a Michael Thomas 45-point week. Yes, we know Michael okay. Thomas is going to be good, but we don't know he's going to be 45 points good. Or, you know, you have someone that comes out of the works like an Anthony Miller scores 30 points or something like that. There's your ups. Your three downs are guys that you we may have had as our upsides or we may have really liked going into this week, like a George Kittle against the Arizona Cardinals, the worst defense against covering tight ends. But if Kittle lays an egg for two catches and 20 yards – Guess who's going on the down list? Uh, you can okay. imagine Jared Goff was on my down list a lot last year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's always a fun little segment because you get to play around with that. But my average Joe picks, these will be released when? Friday, Josh? Friday midday? Yep, Friday. I think. But some quick hits but, here. But you get my analytics-driven picks, and then you get the gut-driven picks afterwards. For the record. Which is why you tune into this show. For, for the record, these gut-driven picks have had me in the playoffs every single year for the last four years in all of my oh. leagues. So just just throwing that out there. All right, so average Joe. I do quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, just like Josh and Ryan do for their upside downside. So I got Goff. Um, I already talked about it. It's going to be a shootout. Ryan, I think you said they have the first or second highest over-under according yeah. to Vegas. They they should score seventy points combined. Those two teams, um, Aaron Jones 
this is me solely out of spite because he effed me over in the championship <laughs> last year playing against him. But uh, Daniil Hunter is gone. Everson Griffin is gone. They have Eric Kendricks, and they have um, Anthony Barr in the middle, and Harrison Smith too. But, man, that defense is not what he used to be a few years ago. I think Aaron Jones has a good week. DJ Moore, DFS player right there as well. I'm a big fan of Moore. Um, the Raiders don't have a secondary. They have Max Crosby uh, uh, down on the line and Cleveland Farrell as well. But no one really scares me, and I think Bridgewater is going to trust his top dog, which is going to be DJ Moore after Christian McCaffrey. My tight end upside, Noah Fant. I just I, I don't know why. I feel Noah Fant just has a good year, too. That's just a gut feeling. And it's that just, right there, the purpose of the average that's joke. Exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> There's no way to like, – like I already talked about it. I don't think Tennessee has a good defense. I don't think they have a bad defense. I think I'm think i glad we're against each other because that's going to make for a good uh, talk yeah, about next week. I, just, <laughs> so. I, I think they walk that line of there's some weeks where they play really well. And there's some weeks where their offense has to bail them out and score 35 points because they let up 32. And I think, yes, Kevin, I think Kevin Byard's a wildly overrated safety, and I think that's who he's going to match up against. He is way bigger, way faster, way taller than him. And we saw that lock to Fant connection. There was some chemistry there towards the end of last year, and I think that's only grown in the offseason. So I like that there. Downside, Kyler Murray. He's going, and he's in San Francisco. The 49ers, we already know, have a stout defense, especially in their front seven. We know Arizona's offensive line sucks, and it's on the road. If this was home, I would have a different feeling, but I was I think Murray was the only guy that really stood out to me this week where a lot of people drafted him high, a lot of people like him. I don't like him against San Francisco, so I'm pumping the brakes on Kyler this week. And again, this is not to say that, you know, sit him. I'm just saying don't expect, you know, a top 10 performance from Kyler. He may teeter between 11 and 15. Chris Carson, he's good for two fumbles in week one. That's my only reason he's going to lose you four points. <laughs> so uh, I don't like Chris Carson. And I also I, and think that's hurtful, man, because that's a fabulous matchup against yes, the, I, Atlanta, Josh, man. That, that's, that's what it hurt me to do it. But I think in that game. It's a back and forth shootout. We all we've all said it this year. Yeah, but that's the assumption that they quote unquote let Russ cook, and we're still not a hundred percent sure if that's going to happen. Sure, <laughs> I, I mean uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett matched up against AJ Terrell from Clemson and whoever else they trot out there on that god awful Falcon secondary. Um, I, I just I think it's a back and forth game, and I think Carson gets his touches in the receiving game. But again, I, I don't I don't think Chris Carson is a top twenty week. I, I think he more teeters in the low 20s, mid-20s. Downside, wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. This one really hurt because I love Galladay, but it's just, I don't know why. It's just the Lions seem to struggle at home against the Bears. Like Thanksgiving last year, yes, David Blau was the quarterback. Blah, blah. But it's not like Galladay and Jones lit the world on fire by getting open. So I just I'm I'm pumping on God again. This is not to say sit Kenny Galladay. You're starting Kenny Galladay. You drafted him as your wide receiver one, but I'm 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 pumping the brakes on Galladay this week. And Hunter Henry, we talked about it wow. when we talked about the Bengals defense. I think for some reason Jesse Bates. If you even get five hundred, like fifty percent of these right, I'm gonna hit the floor next week, dude. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, it, tight ends. 
I'm I'm going based off top. I'm just going off you know ten team leagues. I don't think Hunter Henry cracks. I think there's ten better options than Hunter Henry. Wow. And and again, this this may bite me in the ass if Mike Williams doesn't play. Because I already said at that point, I think Hunter Henry's their number two target down the field. So that may bite me in the ass if Mike Williams doesn't play. But well, at least you the, admit that. Yeah, yeah, this is on the assumption Mike Williams plays. So, again, that might bite well, me in the ass. Good thing we're releasing this on Friday. Maybe we'll have a clearer picture on Mike Williams and you can change the graphic. <laughs> I'm keeping the graphic. I, I stand by my picks. Um, so, yeah, it's like I said, the the only guys I have confidence on on that Bengals defense are Sam Hubbard, the defensive end, who's, I believe, in year three or year four, Sean Williams and Jesse Bates. And Sean Williams or Jesse Bates are going to be the guys that are going to draw Hunter Henry. Henry has size on Jesse Bates, and he has speed on Sean Williams. So it's going to be interesting to see who they decide to match up if they ever run man-to-man. But Well, what's interesting, though, is if Mike Williams doesn't play, they might both be able to shadow him the entire game because there is no other player. Yeah, there are no other options. That's my point. And and I think, to me, you you have to pick and choose, right? Your safety is going to have to cover either Austin Eckler or Hunter Henry. Yeah. So one of the two is going to have a good week. One of the two is going to have a bad week. And I think Eckler is going to have the good week because I think they may favor the linebacker, whoever they're lining up there, to cover Eckler out of the backfield more than they will Sean Williams and Jesse Bates. So that's why I have Henry as my uh, gut pick downside. Yes, that may Hunter Henry is my one that I think may bite me in the ass. To be fair, when I said he was my tight end too, I made my entire projections that Williams was not playing. Like I didn't yeah. even – I did not think that was happening. So, yeah. and again, like I, I'm picking these as these are like I'm not taking the easy way out on these. I want to pick tough downsides. So, like I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, uh, Joe Burrow's going to have a bad week because he's a rookie." You mocking shots, me? I see how it is. Shots fired! Oh, oh my! Here's the thing, Josh. You used analytics, right? Like you're backing up with analytics. I think most people would sit there and say with their gut feeling, normally rookies don't play well in week one. Like that, that's just a gut feeling, right? I mean, to be fair, in my confidence plays that I'm releasing tomorrow, my two fades are Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield, which again, these were two guys that, you know, some people were drafting as high upside tight end or uh, QB twos that could potentially get into either that, you know, kind of low end QB one territory or, in some cases, it, with Daniel Jones, people are anointing him like a top five option by year's end. And confession, I snuck in and read that article today and went and benched Daniel Jones on every team that I drafted him. So I'm putting my hopes in your hands, Josh. Oh, uh, you make me so happy, Ryan. I have uh, I have Daniel Jones, my only quarterback in a lot of leagues. Yeah, um, if I drafted Daniel Jones in any league, which I believe I drafted him in one, I backed him up with somebody. His first, like, four weeks are god-awful. There is no way I want to rely on him the first four weeks. I'm starting Gardner Minshew over him in one league. Gardner Minshew, Captain America. Shout out, you know, shout out to the 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 Joe that I'm playing with in um, Pros with Joes, uh, Jeremy, who actually pointed out to me how brutal that opening schedule was, and I guess they are projected to start two rookie tackles. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy's yep. a big, yeah, Jeremy's a big Steelers fan, and said that the Steelers are going to eat him alive. And I had to go back and look, and then I read your article. I was like, oh god! So thankfully, in one league, uh, Joe, you'll like this. Teddy Two Gloves was available, so I went and uh, hey. grabbed him to start for me this week. So I'll I'll have to see if Ryan's stream of the week here for uh, Jared Goff. 
is available because that that may be my i did get him guy. in a league as well to replace yeah. Danny, danny dimes too yeah. so. <laughs> that, that, that may be my go-to guy here for week one for streaming but all right gents I thought I think that was one of our most fluid shows. Love yes. it. We have. Let's ever do that done. sixteen more times. And yeah, I'm... baby. But I like it. Then even more in the off season because it is year round here. That's we don't right. care. I think the only week we take off is the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, but who, who we may do it again. We may just do that this year. Um, all right. Before we wrap up, gents, anything to say before the start of the twenty twenty? nfl season josh i think you have something well before I, josh does his announcement i, I want to oh, jump in psych. and give a quick shout out to jersey jen oh i yes. have my social jersey scene jen, fantasy love it. shirt got it today great shirt great cause um follow jen on twitter it's what ff degenerate i believe yeah, F-F so, jen uh, with a j not yeah, a D. yep fantastic fantasy football follow and she is uh, supporting a good cause this year and if you caught her on our women of fantasy football show she went over that and pitched her shirts and we bought them <laughs> so i wanted to give that shout out and now i'll give it back to josh yeah, if you missed that, that show was two weeks ago with Jersey Jen. That show also had a uh, friend of the show, Linda, and Casey Kasem on that yes, as well. Great so be show. sure go and check that out. And Josh, would you like to announce this? I, I kind of do, actually. Yeah. Right. So uh, we're going to have a second weekly show. This one is going to be a uh, we basically abbreviated. It's the SSDD. It is the yeah. start sit different day we're doing this on saturday mornings 11 a.m eastern tune in with us we we know that everybody likes to ask the same question to 12 different people thousand people so why not get a head start (laughs) and just do it on saturday when everybody else is doing it on sunday and so it's a show gonna... about your questions it is literally your your questions. questions so tweet them at us uh, comment on the YouTube page, the Twitch feed, Facebook, our Instagram, Twitter feed, Facebook, whatever it may be. Send your questions. It's at Club Fantasy FFL. You can also tweet them at myself, uh, the one Hudsonian, at Joe, Joe underscore Zolo, at Ryan, at the Fantasy Five. Tweet us your questions. Ask us. We will bring them up on Saturday mornings. And oh, by the way, Joe isn't hosting this. We're bringing back one of our hosts from the Women of Fantasy shows. Everyone's favorite, Faith Enos, at FF underscore Leap of Faith. So join us. She will be hosting with us majority of weeks. Uh, Her day job will get in the way on, on some weeks, sadly, as we head into election season. But she will be with us the majority of weeks hosting, pitching us the questions. We will take your um, questions, answer them. Joe will give his gut opinions. Ryan and I will back everything up with facts and numbers, and you can decide which you like better. So all about it. Love it. Excited for Saturday mornings heading through the season. And Tommy said thank you for trying to save all of our mentions by saving us from the 1,000 tags. Yeah. Thank you. Look, I, I'm I'm all about you guys like tagging us and and rooting for us and and appreciating what we do. Of course. But damn, that shit's annoying. Let me <laughs> tell you, the, the 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 countless mentions, especially if you're like working, and we can't get to the feeds and everything. Just throw us the questions. We'll answer them. Everybody else can chime in through the questions. 
you know, we, we have a lot of friends that follow us that are analysts as well. They'll chime in in the comments. You, you guys will have plenty of opinions to make educated yes. decisions when you start your lineups heading into Sundays. And two, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a, a VOD after it's going to be recorded. So if you, if you couldn't tune in at 11, uh, if you needed to watch it later in the day, you want to watch it Sunday morning. Like we said, we're not coming into this with an outline. We have an outline for every single week show. This is a no outline show. The outline says faith intro, faith outro. That's the outline. <laughs> Everything yep. in the middle is your questions. I mean, we'll come with some of our own that we've heard from the industry, maybe on Twitter, different stuff like that. Maybe even one that we're having that we just want to throw out. Um, but it's all about you guys. We're going to try and get to every single question answered. There's, at this point, no time limit. So come in, join us. It's probably going to be an hour or maybe a little Yeah, less. let's not do that because I probably have to work most Saturday nights. It so. is an <laughs> eight-hour show. Eight to eight. Just start sit questions. And, hey, who knows? If these start streams go really well, we might bring on some guests to come in and shoot the yeah, shit with us and answer more it. questions. So. For- for example, tune in, guys. The The more people that tune in, the more people we're willing to get on with us, very yeah. much like we do with these shows. Like, for example, not to put him on the spot, but the guy that said thank you yeah. for trying to save us, maybe, Tom, maybe Tommy joins friend us. Friend of the Who show. <laughs> friend of the show, yes. Tommy, big friend of the show. All right. We love we, you, Tommy. We are Indeed. now just about 24 hours from the NFL season kicking off. And with that, we are signing off. So, for Josh Hudson, for Ryan Weesey, the mustache man. What was it? Uh, Weezy Weese. Weezy Weese, the mustache man. Uh, if you missed any of the Women of Fantasy Football shows, be sure to go watch those back. If you're leaving us right now, which well, we're forcing you to leave us because we're stopping the stream. I mean, <laughs> we love you. But... If you ducked out to go join Nate, it's okay. We love Nate. <laughs> yes, that's okay. Yes. If you didn't already, go follow at Dominate FF. And, and real quick, right Joe, now. before you do sign off, I do want to say tune in at 9 o'clock yes. Eastern yes. tonight. FF underscore confidential. One of our friends who I'm playing with in the pros versus Joe's league. Lindellians, that's Linda Godfrey, or yeah. quote unquote, not Linda Godfrey. Not Linda. <laughs> um, she, she's the pro in our tandem. Uh, we're we're playing together in the Pros versus Joe's Charity League. Uh, she's going to be on there with Troy King, uh, John Bauer. Uh, there's a couple other people that I know I'm forgetting, but tune into them as well. Again, that's F at FF underscore confidential. Debut show o'clock. tonight. So. Yep, yep, debut tonight. Yeah, and if you're listening to the podcast, you're listening on 97.3 Sunshine Jams and Fort Lauderdale May 1st, thank you guys. We appreciate it. But if you're not able to tune in Wednesday nights, those um, they're all podcasts, right, as yes, uh, we sir. have some guests coming behind me. Uh, <laughs> but they're all podcasts, so be sure to listen back to them. We, we, we say it all the time. Uh, we want to promote other people because you shouldn't just get your fantasy advice from one person. You should get it from, like, a million people. Um, which is why, you know, we're more than happy to talk about these people and they're all awesome people too. Linda's great. Nate's great. Every single person is fantastic. So always remember defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy. You can follow club fantasy at on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at club fantasy FFL. The URL is club fantasy FFL.com. That is where you can check out some of the latest articles. You can see the confidence plays. Uh, my average Joe picks and bird lines go up later this week. Josh's confidence plays are tomorrow. Always remember stream of the week morning. Friday stream, stream of the week, of the week on, on Friday. Friday. Always remember defense wins championships. Offense wins fantasy. 
Chiefs versus Texans tomorrow night, start of the 2020 NFL season. We are as excited as you are, and we will Woo! see you next week.